First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. It's already Wednesday. Hello and welcome to the show. Please come inside. The interesting uh, statistics today. Uh, 11% of Americans think that the economy has gotten better under Joe Biden and 10% of Americans are cl- paying close attention to the January 6th hearing. There you go. Bravo. <laughs> Victory. Victory. Yeah, 11% of people think that the economy has gotten better. Uh, 11% also believe that Joe Biden or that Vladimir Putin is at fault for the gas prices. 11%. Okay, there you go. 11%. And then 10% of people, 10% of people in America are watching with bated breath the uh, January the 6th hearing. There was one yesterday at 1 o'clock that I didn't watch any of. Uh, there have been four altogether, and the ratings have been diminishing uh, faster than uh, Joy Reid's. It's that ba- fa- faster than uh, than uh, uh, Brian Stelter's. It, it, it's it's that bad. Nobody's paying attention. Everybody knows that uh, uh, that the economy is Joe Biden's fault, and nobody give a ra- gives a rat's behind about a commission going after a president who's been out of office for 18 months and had already been exonerated of any issues, any ties to uh, uh, any type of insurrection during the second impeachment, the second fraud impeachment. So while uh, Rome burns, this is what fiddling sounds like. In case you're wondering, this is what the fiddling sounds like. While you're debating whether or not you can fill the car with gas or just put $20, which now buys about three gallons, about enough to fill your riding lawnmower, uh, you know, whether to, to, whether to take that $20 and, and make it last until payday. And you've got Democrats in Washington, D.C., when you look at the ungodly violence that's happening around the country, murder rates are up around the entire country in inner cities. 21-year-olds, 15-year-olds murdered in Washington, D.C., murdered in New York on Juneteenth weekend. And you've got uh, over 40 pregnancy crisis centers around the country vandalized. You've got terrorist organizations literally posting as soon as Roe v. Wade is announced, hit the streets, burn and loot. It's amazing the left doesn't ever venture into suburbia. The, 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 it's amazing that the left doesn't throw a temper tantrum outside of Democrat-run bastions that allow this nonsense to happen. And I thought of a, something yesterday, you know, you're, you're kicking a pit bull. The left is kicking a pit bull here. And we are uh, very um, agreeable most of the time. We are patriotic Americans. We are well armed uh, physically and, to, and intellectually to defend ourselves and to defend our country. 
And when you say things like uh, the night that Roe v. Wade is repealed, hit the streets, burn and loot, you know what I hear? I, I hear the sound of 400 million guns clicking. And this isn't a, an offensive threat. This is a defensive threat. And this is why the left doesn't venture into places like, I don't know, Olathe, Kansas, where I have my home, or Overland Park, Kansas, or Chesterfield, Missouri, or, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of any one of the suburbs in Des Moines, or uh, suburbs of, uh, of uh, Dallas, you know. Uh, I, I'm not seeing that, that uh, you know, marching in the neighborhoods and trying to burn down houses and all that stuff and, and the smash and grab at the local whatever store in suburbia. You know why? Because America isn't down with this. You might be able to get away with it in places like Portland, which is hell on earth, but it's not going to fly. And we really are, we really are at our wits end and our patience end with all of this nonsense. And that's what it is. And then on top of everything to add insult to injury, on top of all of the indignities being suffered upon us by uh, the White House, by the Democrat Party, by big social media, they want to rub our faces in it. And they act like, we aren't paying attention. We, they act like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Tell them, despite the fact that Joe Biden for years has been saying that he wants to get rid of fossil fuel without thinking that most of the vehicles in the world run on fossil fuels and there's no replacement for any of them with the exception of crappy little electric cars that cost way too much and don't go very far. Uh, no dump trucks, no fishing boats, no road graders, no bulldozers, no repaving equipment, no tractor trailers, no tractors, no four-wheel drive vehicles for uh, for farming. It's not what you think it is. It's a big four, you know, it's got eight wheels on it. It's what plows and plants. And then, of course, there's the combines. None of those run on electric. And so what this administration has done is hobbled our entire country. It has driven many, many thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people into poverty in the last two years, first starting with COVID, and now this bullcrap. And yet January 6th still going on strong. And yet we're focused on, we're focused on uh, your pronouns, using the proper pronouns when you join the Navy. We live in a vicious and cruel and awful world full of despots who don't care about you, hate American ideals, hate American success. Oh, oh, those people are active in the United States as well, in the left. They want you dead, and they want our country as their property. That's the way it is. And we've got people in this country that want to make us weaker. They have uh, people in this country who think we've lived too high on the hog. They've said this for a year. Barack Obama back in 2008 says, you can't drive that SUV like you used to. You can't eat what you used to. Because that's what socialism is. Socialism makes you exist with less while the people in the upper echelons of power and those corporate giants who choose to bed down with the left, they become the new oligarchs. That's what this is all about, kids. That's what it's all about.
left wing. But despite the fact that uh, you're paying an ungodly amount of, uh, of uh, um, you know, for your fill-up in your car, it's $94 for the average fill-up. Corinne Jean-Pierre. Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre says that we are not in a recession. I want you to listen to this real careful. President said last week that um, uh, there's no inevitability around a recession, but there is a, a greater deal of uh, market concern about um, exactly that. Uh, and I know that inflation is your number one concern, but can you talk? About yeah, inflation is their number one concern. Sure, right. A little bit about if you're doing anything at all to prevent uh, a recession or a rise. Are you doing anything at all to prevent a recession? So the way that we see this, and you've heard us uh, talk about this, that we're in a moment of transition. Okay, guys. Now, here's the deal. Just, just want you to chill out for a second here. Realizing, of course, that maybe your house is uh, uh, in threat of uh, maybe uh, foreclosure, you know, getting kicked out of your apartment or whatever and, and all of that. But, you know, it's just a period of transition. It's transition. Uh, we have we have seen uh, we are in a unique situation. With- oh, hold on. Our listeners get all stumbly and bumbly. So the way that we see this, and you've heard us uh, talk about this, that we're in a moment of transition. Uh, we have we have seen uh, we are in a unique situation with. Our we are in transition and a unique situation. That's comforting. Goal, uh, gains with our economy. Uh, the way that uh, we see it is unemployment rate has held steady at 3.6, which is also near historic uh, lows. Yeah, you know what? That doesn't mean D word for Richard when you can't afford uh, groceries. Uh, business in- investment remains strong. Uh, household balance sheets remain strong. Well, business investment has to remain strong because you drove so many out of business because of COVID restrictions and lockdowns, you doofus. Let's hear the uh, money shot again from Karine Jean-Pierre. She says we're not in a recession. And right now, we don't see a recession right now. That is not, we're not in a recession right now. Uh, right now, we're in a transition where we, we, will, we are uh, going to go into a place of stable and steady growth. And that's going to be, uh, that's, that's going to be our focus. Yeah, that is going to be your focus. Okay, but there was something else was a focus yesterday and the day before it, I think. There was something else was a focus, and I believe two months ago you are going to cure cancer. That's another thing. You said you were going to cure cancer about two months ago. I haven't heard anything about cancer at all. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, oh, and then, uh, of course, Joe Biden is going after the oil companies. That's another thing. I, I've got some great audio on uh, President Biden. God, it's still hard to say that. President Biden giving the oil companies a little what for. After hobbling them, after telling them he's going to drive them out of business, he literally is asking oil companies to uh, up their production for the election. And then after the election, the the abuse will continue. And here's the worst news. Here's some of the worst. Are you ready for this? I don't know if you're ready for this. Because trust me, I, I, we're going to have fun today. Trust me. But I'm just going to give you the lowdown on how you're being played. Uh, oil turbulence could last five years. This according to ExxonMobil. So if you're thinking that maybe this will change after the election, maybe, well, it might but oil company executives like the head of ExxonMobil is saying, Darren Woods, by the way, says you're probably looking at three to five years of continued fairly tight markets. How that manifests itself in price will obviously be a big function of demand, which is difficult to predict. And here's the, uh, the round room that the, uh, the Democrat Party has put you in, and they've told you to go pee in a corner. They've given you uh, an impossible scenario that they created that you're going to have to solve on your own.
So they're going to drive fossil fuel prices to the point of unaffordability without thinking that the asphalt on your roads is made of petroleum products. And the plastic in your computer and your iPhone is made from petroleum products. And Nancy Pelosi, all that that god-awful pancake makeup you put on your face every day is made from petroleum products. But there's the round room. Go pee in a corner, and uh, we'll see you in a couple years. The number here is 800-922-6680. I've got more audio coming from Jean-Michel, Jean-Paul, Pierre, Ron, whatever the hell. Uh, also, Joe Biden making fun of oil companies, going after oil companies. Uh, lots of other things to get to, including the J6 hearing that nobody is watching. And, of course, your phone calls. This, my friends, is just the first shot fired. Yeah, I use that on purpose. Uh, first shot fired on an entertaining uh, three hours of the radio program. The Rob Carson Show, and it continues after this. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Here's to a record-setting president. Joe Biden setting record low approval ratings. What the Democrats have put our nation through, it is a sad day. It's the Rob Carson Show. And right now, we don't see a recession right now. That is not, we're not in a recession right now. Uh, right now, we're in a transition where we, we will... It's not a recession, it's a transition. So when you're in the gas station, you're filling up your car and it passes $85 where it used to cost $25. This is a transition. We are uh, going to go into a place of stable... And that hamburger right there that was uh, $2.99 a pound is now $6.99 a pound. That's a transition. Growth, ...and that's going to be, uh, that's, that's going to be our focus. It's going to be your focus. Today, that's going to be their focus. Uh, two months ago, it was uh, the focus on uh, curing cancer. And then uh, then we're going to pivot to whatever, and they're pivoting to this, and they're pivoting to that, and they're really not doing anything. They're really not doing anything. Here is Joe Biden talking, and this is really, this is like classic abuser language. And, and the reason why I bring this up is because uh, one of the things that I've uh, been a champion of uh, over the last, well, my entire career has been uh, prevention of uh, child abuse uh, and, and, and just abuse in general. And if you look at some of the abusive characteristics of this, uh, this president, um, I don't think it's a stretch to say that generally if you abuse someone and then you lay off the abuse and you get them to come back you haven't fixed anything because the abuse will just start again and here is joe biden saying this to the oil companies joe biden is saying hey hey hey! i know i realize that i told you that we're going to drive you out of business and that you're evil and that everything you do is the worst thing in the world but what i need you to do right now and i'm you know listen the abuse is going to stop here but uh, what i need you to do is i need you to put out just in time for the election and then uh, then we'll start again look we need more refining capacity this idea that they don't have oil to drill and to bring up is simply not true. No, they're not saying that. That is a freaking lie. 
They are saying that we are sitting on an ocean of oil. That, sir, is a freaking lie, which is another telltale sign of somebody who likes to abuse. This piece of the Republicans talking about Biden shut down feels wrong. No, you, you did. You did. 9,000 of them, okay? So they, then we ought to be able to work something out whereby they're able to increase refining capacity. Until the election, then we will drive you out of business again. And still not give up on transitioning to... It's a transition! Renewable energy. Yeah, well, renewable. you know what? Again, as soon as you get that electric combine and that solar-powered uh, 757, we'll start talking. But in the meantime, you're driving the airlines out of business, and you're going to be driving farmers out of business, and the American people are already suffering, and I can't even begin to imagine how bad things are going to get. Listen to this. One of Joe Biden's first actions as president was to cancel the permits needed for the Keystone Pipeline, which Barack Obama had done as well. Biden increased the royalty rate, essentially a tax rate on all production on federal lands by 50% this year, the first hike in 100 years. It's only now that high gas prices have become a political liability for the president that his administration is pivoted to claiming the Biden administration is not opposed to fossil fuel extraction. And guess what? 54% of voters not affiliated with either party say it is his bloody fault. Here is the president with the audacity to make fun of the people who go out and spend their capital for exploration, for uh, for ha- staffing, for the hard work, the heavy lifting, the digging, the extracting, the uh, distillation uh, of petroleum products so that we can all live. Here he is making fun of them. Chevron CEO's complaint today. He said that your administration has largely criticized the oil and gas industry and at times vilified it, and that the administration would need to take a change. In case you haven't heard that, she's talking about how the administration has vilified the petroleum industry, and the chief of Exxon is saying, you know, we're tired of the crap. In approach in order to make progress on, on reducing energy. Okay, get my reaction to that, sir. It's mildly sensitive. Here it is. I didn't know they'd get their feelings hurt that quickly. I didn't know they'd get their feelings hurt that quickly. I didn't get their... I realize that a lot of people are going to get out of work. I realize I put thousands of people out of work with the Keystone XL Pipeline. But they need to quit getting so their feelings hurt about it. Look, we need more refining capacity. Yeah, we need a new refinery. Yes, sir. But why the hell should the uh, private companies invest in a new refinery when you're going to shut them down after the election again because you promised you would? This idea that they don't have oil to drill and to bring up. And again, that's the previous lie. The previous lie that I mentioned about uh, gas prices. Yeah, uh, 24% of voters blame uh, Joe Biden um, among Democrat voters, as far as the uh, fuel crisis is concerned, 46% blame major oil companies. So they're still, they're still towing that line of hating the big companies, even though the big companies do all the heavy lifting, spend all the money, and then ultimately provide you with a product that is affordable. Oh, yeah, and then they hire lots and lots of workers who pay lots and lots of taxes. Yeah, and then they make more little babies if they're not aborted uh, by Democrats. And then they grow up to become productive citizens and pay more taxes. 20% blame Putin. That's Democrats. Yeah, 11% of us think the economy has gotten better. Unbelievable. 
and the White House says there's no uh, recession. It's a transition. I think it's a transition. I think they should call it a transition. Yeah. Uh, even Democrats blame Joe Biden for crippling the crippling inflation rate, too. 8.6 annualized inflation in the highest in 40 years. It looks like uh, 64% that say that Joe Biden is, uh, is responsible. So uh, the, the president is uh, doing what he does best. He's going to promise a lot of things, including a three-month gas holiday, which I don't know if this, what you know, this, you know about this. It's 18 cents per gallon. So it's uh, $3.60 on a 20-gallon uh, tank full. If you do that uh, for a month, you're going to save about $12. That's uh, on top of you paying $200 more per month for the gas. So spend $200 more per month. The government's going to give you a tax holiday that'll sell you, save you $12, and he'll do that for three months. And then he's talking about gaffed, uh, gas gift cards. I think he should do gaffed cards. He, he could give out a lot more of those. This is The Rob Carson Show. Stick around. Don't you just love institutional ads for life insurance? Well, this isn't one of them. Hey, it's Rob Carson for Fabric Life Insurance. I know your time is valuable, but Fabric has incredible term life insurance policies that can be customized to your family, and you can be up and running in as little as 10 minutes. Fabric was built by parents for parents to make it easier to manage your family's finances. It takes less than 10 minutes to apply. See your quote and then personalize it to fit your family's needs. Fabric's new lower prices mean significant savings over other providers with great quality choices like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. I would insert a cup of coffee comparison here, but thanks to the White House, it's far more expensive than a dollar a day. Protect your family's future with Fabric. Apply today in just 10 minutes at Fabric.com slash Newsmax. That's Fabric.com slash Newsmax. Fabric insurance agency policies issued by Vantage Life, not available in New York and Montana. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. It is a uh, Wednesday edition of the Rob Carson Show. If you'd like to write me, rcarson at newsmax.com. rcarson at uh, newsmax.com. Also, the uh, the podcast is up. It's the Rob Carson Show. We've decided to extend it. You guys wanted more of the show, not just the 30-minute abridged version of it. So we're doing the whole show every day. Tighten it up. It's going to be really awesome. It is awesome. I should say it's available right now on all of the, uh, the usual uh, podcast suspects. I don't know if you knew this, but Barack and Michelle Obama have just gotten a $20 million deal from Audible for a podcast. Yeah, it's going to feature them in eight episodes each. For $20 million. This is the podcast version of CNN Plus. Except for they don't have to worry about, uh, about ratings. What they did is they, they failed at Spotify. Nobody listened to them on Spotify. So uh, I, I guess for some sort of either political reasons or maybe uh, some sort of uh, uh, prestige or maybe just a fear, uh, they've decided, Audible's decided to ink a deal worth $20 million, which will lose Audible gigantic amounts of money. So um, the company will uh, need to contribute two shows, or, or the couple, I should say, with an estimated, appear- uh, uh, estimated appearance cap of eight episodes each. So uh, the move will give the former first lady the scope to make less personal appearances than was wanted under the former partnership with Spotify. It's because uh, Michelle Obama really hates the average American person. She doesn't. Have you ever really seen her down with the average American person, or does she and her husband kind of live above them? 
in their $15 million seaside mansions in uh, Hawaii and Martha's Vineyard. So uh, the Obamas cut ties with Spotify after reportedly clashing with the streaming giant over exclusivity, how much they were expected to appear in episodes. Uh, the, the, they signed the, with the firm in 2019 for an undisclosed sum, but it's believed to be about $30 million, the sum scored by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, and that did a face plant too. But uh, no, keep doing that. Uh, keep doing that, Audible. That's uh, that's a genius move. $20 million for uh, eight episodes apiece uh, to a show that they'll never listen to. You know, it, it was interesting. I was thinking about this. Uh, what is more threatening to our country? A ham-handed and idiotic uh, advertisement by Eric Greitens or this? Hi, my name is Johnny and I use he, him pronouns. Hi, and I'm Conchie, and I use she, her pronouns. This is a, a Navy um, uh, uh, mo- a video that they show new recruits about pronouns. And we're here to talk about pronouns. What is a pronoun? I thought pronouns? they'd say it together, like, and we're here to talk, and then both of them say pronouns. She, her pronouns. And we're here to talk about pronouns. What is a pronoun? A pronoun is how we identify ourselves apart from our name, and it's also how people refer to us in conversations. Using the right pronouns is a really simple way to... Okay, great. Now, what are you going to do if the country is invaded by sea? Yeah, because honestly, I don't give a rat's behind what you want to be called. All I care about is that you call your superior sir, or uh, I would presume also ma'am, and that's about it. Yeah, there are two pronouns for you, sir and ma'am, and they are both to to your superior officers. Now, shut up. Uh, let's go to, do we have Barbara in Baltimore? Do we still have Barbara in Baltimore? Oh, that was yesterday. Holy hell. All right, let's, let's go to Scott. Let's go to Scott. Hello, Scott. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's up, man? Hey, door, Rob. A uh, couple things. One, I heard with my own two ears about six weeks ago, thereabouts, yeah. on TV, where a Biden official was on TV specifically stating our goal is to put the oil companies out of business. I almost fell off my chair, but I haven't heard any reporter recite that direct statement out of the Biden White House. And number two, so far as feeling recession, yeah, these idiots that Biden has put into all these various positions, they're probably making more money than they've ever made in their lives. To them, there isn't a recession. Scott, here, here's the deal, and that is absolutely true, 100%. I've been talking about this for years. Washington, never, Washington D.C. never has to cut while you and I have to cut, Scott. I would assume that you've had to make some serious adjustments with regard to your uh, personal finances, and yet Joe Biden is driving this on purpose, and nobody in the federal government is recommending that the government cut spending. They never have. They never will. So as you're sitting here going, I can't afford to fill my car, there's no talk about cutting the nonsense in Washington, D.C., Scott. Exactly. Um, and nobody reports how much does it cost to operate D- D.C. every year? What What's the inflation rate in D.C. so far as all these people on payroll? I don't see Nancy Pelosi cutting back on her ice cream. Well, of course they don't, Scott, because they live by a different set of rules. Because as I started saying about 15 years ago, we are living a tale of two cities. We have a bourgeois. We have a proletariat. We feed on the crumbs. And now, now, thanks to January 6th, we have a, a, we have a, a Bastille. And we all know how that ended. Uh, as far as uh, uh, people not saying anything about the Democrats being anti-fossil fuel, I've been doing this for a while. Here is one of my many montages of Democrats saying they're going to destroy fossil fuel and now they're blaming Vladimir Putin for it. Would there be any place for fossil-
fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in the Biden administration? No, we would we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. So let's just end discussion about the cause of this now. This is nonsense. We are debating this. It is idiotic that Joe Biden would think that you would think that it is the invasion of Ukraine by Vladimir Putin when all of this was said. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. The president just said that the oil companies are using excuses to not get, they're saying that there's not enough oil underground. That was a lie. I pointed that to you earlier. There's plenty of oil. It's just when you get abused every day and told you're going to be driven out of business, why in the hell should you put out before election day? Exactly. I'm going to shoot and kill you, but meanwhile, could you give me some money? I don't have any money because uh, uh, I have my son living at home and he's eating us out of house and home. But thanks for the uh, call. Let's go to Liz, Liz, Liz in Delaware. Hello, Liz. And uh, despite the president being from Delaware and claiming, uh, 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 you know, home ownership there, I love the state. Uh, What's on your mind today, Liz? Well, thank you very much. And I do hang my head low. (laughs) Um, I wanted to know on the federal gas uh, tax relief. Yeah. Uh, people that drive cars uh, that use gas are uh, contributing to the highway fund. That's the purpose, I believe, for that federal gas tax. How are people that are driving electric cars paying for the roads they're using? That is a good point. Um, I have not had the chance to uh, to ponder that because there is something right now where we, we don't uh, tax some fuel, and that is for reefer fuel, which is the refrigerated units. That's the tank that hangs under the tractor trailer. I know this. I worked at a truck stop for many years when I was in high school. And then also for tractors, because they are not on the roads. As far as hybrid or electric vehicles, I am not sure. I will look into it, Liz. But they certainly should pay some sort of price for uh, driving that electric vehicle. And but, I'm sure uh, they would want to, Rob. Of course they would, Liz. <laughs> of course they would. But, Liz, did you realize also that uh, the uh, intentional driving of fossil fuels through the ceiling has hobbled Joe Biden's massive spending package for infrastructure, which was the cause of all the inflation? You heard about that, right? Right, right. Yeah. And I so, also heard, although it was called the, in- the infrastructure bill, only 10% of the proceeds were actually going to infrastructure. Of course, only 10%. So in other words, Liz, if you're thinking that all of those infrastructure programs and all of that, that stuff that's going to happen and we're going to be driving on roads paved with gold, none of it's going to get done. And now they have an excuse. So they're not going to blame themselves. They're not going to blame their policies with regard to fossil fuels. What ultimately they will end up doing when none of the stuff gets done is they'll either blow it off or say the uh, the programs were not shovel ready like Barack Obama did with almost a trillion dollars of our money when he was the president. Now they're probably going to blame fossil fuel for it, Liz. Well, like you say, Rob, I'm not buying stupid today. Thank you very much. We are all full. Thank you very much. Liz, where do you live in Delaware, by the way? Bridgeville. Where's Bridgeville? Um, Have you heard? It's, uh, I guess, a little town, but it's on the way to the beach. Oh, hell, I've probably been through there many times. It's a little south of Dover. But north you know, it's kind of funny because I like to say that uh, when you're getting close to the shore in Delaware, it's like Iowa meets the beach. <laughs> it's it, sure you go from cornfields very, very to true, beach. We have we probably have more chicken houses. I'm not sure though. I don't know about that. Thanks for the phone call there, Liz. Do appreciate it. Do appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then on top of everything else, 
Uh, the, the dear leader, the dear leader who's going to give us the gas cards. He's going to give us gas cards. The dear leader is going to bequeath us with gas cards to pay for our gas. This is so stupid. I mean, dear God in heaven. It's literally like uh, walking up to someone, uh, putting a, uh, a forty-four Magnum. No, nah, I won't go that big. Let's just go with a little twenty-two uh, uh, revolver. Peek right there. Just shoot you in the leg and then say, hold on. I've got this handled. Let me get a Band-Aid. That's exactly what he's doing. And then on top of everything else, the president is out yesterday bragging about this new uh, CDC approval of COVID vaccine for kids under five. And by the way, the chances of your kid under five between six months and five years old dying of COVID is three one thousandths of one percent. No chance at all. And most parents who are new parents, and I've been a new parent twice, thank you very much, I doubt that a very high percent of new parents who have freshly born little babies are going to say, you know, my child who has a one three thousandth of one percent of dying of COVID really needs a vaccine, really needs to get that vaccine that's causing all of these maladies with uh, young adults everywhere, particularly young men, with things like uh, cardiac uh, arrhythmia, things like that. But here is the, uh, the, the dear leader talking yesterday about the glorious new vaccine for children that nobody wants. We're honored to visit your clinic today. <clears throat> we met with- And if you do, you need to talk to a pediatrician or somebody else. Your fellow nurses and staff who are stepping up each and every day. And we met with families of young children. And, uh, and we're sorry we had to fire all those nurses who step up every day for not getting the vaccine that I uh, demanded they take. Sorry you're out of work, but the rest of you, thanks. For about, I guess, 17, 18 families there waiting for the vaccine shots. or The vaccine shots. Shay, we've got to watch the vaccine shots. Here's a mm, partial slipping a little bit of polygrit. This little polygrit right here. Good. Just gotten their vaccine shots. And finally, COVID-19 vaccinations for children uh, uh, over five years. This is a priority. This is big news. Of age. Finally, some peace of mind. You know, this is... This could save almost no lives. Uh, or should I say under five years? We have them over five years. Six months to five years. And historic, this is a very historic milestone. Monumental step forward. The United States is now the first country, oh, I wouldn't say it's monumental. country in the world to offer safe and effective COVID-19 vaccines for children as young as six months old. Okay, I want you to listen to this again. Listen to this again. Historic, this is a very historic milestone. A monumental step forward, the United States is now the first country in the world to offer safe and effective COVID-19 vaccines for children as young as six months old. Now, you may recall yesterday in my interview with Dr. Naomi Wolf, who is a, uh, a liberal, uh, the other countries that are joining us in this uh, six-month to five-year-old uh, vaccination binge, uh, China, okay, Cuba, and Venezuela. That's all I need to say. Coming up, I'm going to share uh, uh, Joe Biden. He's already begging for money for the second pandemic. And Ron DeSantis says not only no, but hell no to uh, vaccination shots for kids under five. Your calls are welcome. 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. If you're down with trigger warnings, you might want to listen to something else. It's the Rob Carson Show. COVID-19 vaccines are now available for children under five. This is CDC Director Rochelle Walensky. 
With this recent authorization from FDA and recommendation from CDC. This is almost a parody. When you think about everything that's going on and what everybody cares about, this is like a piece of political satire. Nearly 20 million children are... Here's a big announcement about something you could give a rat's behind about. Now able to get vaccinated against COVID-19. And new parents everywhere go, huh, no, I don't think so. I know many parents with very young children have been anticipating this day. We now know, based on rigorous science... And I don't know a single new parent who wants to get this stupid vaccine that they don't need, which, I mean, some people do, don't get me wrong, but not six-month-olds to five-year-olds. ...scientific review that the vaccines available here in the United States can be used safely and effectively in children under five. And if you say anything bad about the vaccines, we will have you uh, banned from social media because we're working with them. We haven't heard this in a while. Take this jab and stick it. I ain't getting no vaccine. This is Jim Gossett. Joe Biden's stupid mandate. The dumbest thing that I've ever Especially seen. for kids under five. Biden says take the shot or go home. So I'm walking out the door. Take your jab and stick it. I won't take this crap no more. Yeah, I think we're at that point. I, I really, really do. Joe Biden's been in D.C. for going on 50 years. Come on. And now he's trying to bring us down, playing on people's fears. The world's ending. I've seen a lot of folks in D.C. lie. I've seen a lot of pay to play. They're getting rich in D.C. We Democrats have had it up to here. And now I got the guts to say. Sing along. Take your jab and stick it. No more. We still got a constitution that's worth fighting for. I'm ready to fight. It's my body. It's my choice. <laughs> Isn't that what the liberals say? That's what they say. So take this jab and stick it. This is still the USA. Take this jab and stick it. Hey, this is still the USA. Not the USSA. That is uh, Jim Gossett, uh, two S's and two T's. If you want to look him up online, it is jimgossett.com. Here is uh, your dear leader saying that we need to plan for the second pandemic. And what do we need to do that? Well, we need your money. At least this year, we, we do need more money. We, you don't need D-word for Richard. We don't just... But you are one. We need more money for vaccines for children eventually. We need more money to plan for the second pandemic. There's going to be another pandemic. We have to think ahead. Dear God in heaven, man. And that's not something the last outfit did very well. That's, that's not something the last outfit did very well, even though we managed to see 700,000 people die of COVID while they had uh, 400,000 people uh, and they developed a double vaccine. Something we've been doing for fairly well. That's why we need the money. Oh, I don't think you've done anything fairly well. Uh, let's go to Sean in Live Oak, California, the home of KSEO Radio in, uh, in California. Hello there, uh, Sean. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's up? Well, I came across this uh, documentary, and they grant the CO2 hysterics their false premise yes. that there's too much CO2. Of course. And they uh, point out that uh, cars, only if you grant them their false premise, only contribute 3% to the CO2 production. Yes. And uh, electrical production contributes between 40 to 60%. 
<laughs> well, now, Sean, that, that flies against the narrative because Democrats say that uh, you can power your electric car on uh, uh, unicorn farts and fairy dust, Sean. I, I don't know where you're getting your I don't know where you're getting your statistics there, Sean. Well, uh, the other thing is, if you're interested in this article, I can forward it to you. Please do. Please do. Where's what's it out of? Uh, it's the car guys. Oh, the car guys. Okay, I've heard of them, actually. Uh, do that. Will you do, write me at rcarson at newsmax.com? I would love to check it out. But you're right. It is, a, it is a gigantic lie. This whole carbon dioxide thing now suddenly is being a, is a poison gas, even though <sighs> I just created some and helped to destroy the planet. It's all nonsense. It's all gobbledygook. It's just like saying it snowed too much today. So uh, we, it snowed a lot today, so it's, it's climate change. Oh, last night it rained where I live. We had a pretty heavy thunderstorm. Oh, it's climate change. Uh, everything is climate change now. It's a giant flaming joke. Right now, carbon dioxide is the gas of the month. Uh, actually, I think Joe Biden is the gas of the month. But uh, I think that, uh, I think that it, th- this will change. It always does when they don't get their way, and it's starting to fall on deaf ears, so expect something new and uh, as grossly uh, idiotic in the near future. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. It is Rob Carson Show. Did you get a chance to watch Newsmax, the New York gubernatorial debate last night? That was pretty good. Eric Bowling uh, hosting it. It got a little fiery. It got really, really, really fiery. Uh, if you get a chance to uh, check out Greta Von Susteren's new show, I, uh, I, I've been watching it at the last uh, week and a half or so. It started a week ago Wednesday. And Greta Van Susteren is up against uh, Brett Baer. And I know Brett Baer, by the way. I've known him for a while. Um, I got to tell you, I would much rather watch Greta. Uh, Gre- Brett has just gone off the deep end. There's so many things happening at Fox. So check it out. Greta's at 6 o'clock. Uh, hour number two, Jenna Ellis. Jenna Ellis joins us at the bottom of next hour. And Ron DeSantis gives Joe Biden a little what fur with regard to childhood vaccines. Don't go anywhere. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is Rob Carson Show, hour number two. Uh, Jenna Ellis is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. She is joined uh, as uh, guest chief legal counsel for Doug Mastriano and his campaign for governor in the state of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania will uh, hopefully be run by a Republican. Maybe uh, Pennsylvania can once again live up to the uh, the standards. I, I love Pennsylvania. I, I've, I've driven through Pennsylvania many, many, many times, lived uh, near the Pennsylvania-Maryland border. Love the state. It's just that uh, the Democrat leaderships really make it suck. They really, kind of like California, it was Eden. It really was. And in the meantime, uh, with everything going, we find out from uh, Jean-Pierre Jean-Paul or Pierre Jean, with, uh, the new White House spokesperson who's a cute little cuddly communist, uh, she is basically saying that we're in a transition. It's not, it's not, a, it's not, a, we're not a recession. We're saying we're not in a, tra- we're in a transition to stuff that's, you know, I mean, or transitioning into Venezuela and Cuba. But we're in a transition. It's a transition. That's where we're in. So don't worry about it. It's just a transition. Let's talk about really important stuff like, I don't know, 
the Navy using proper pronouns. Let's work on that. Or, uh, you know, uh, teaching children about sex and sexuality uh, when they're four in school by a drag queen. And uh, But other than that, it's a trans session. It's a trans session. You know, it's kind of funny. Say, for instance, the Democrat, you walk into the Democrat sandwich shop. Let's just use a real word analogy here. The, uh, you walk, you're hungry for lunch. There's a subway down there. There's uh, whatever, the firehouse subs over there. And uh, hold on a second. This is, it says here, Democrat Party Sandwich Shop. Let's go in here. Let's see what they got. Well, okay, let's look up here on the menu board. Uh, let's see. It says, uh, I only see one sandwich. Is this, the, uh, is this just your board up here? Do you have something online? Should I order online? Do I need to scan a code? No, no, no. We only serve one thing. Okay, what is it? Well, it's called a crap sandwich. Oh, okay. So uh, tell me about the, the crap sandwich. Well, what it is, is a sandwich. And the core ingredient is something god-awful and repulsive that you would never consider uh, if we weren't in power. But, uh, now, okay, well, I know, but you see, uh, I, don't, I don't think I want a crap. But listen, you do want a crap. This crap sandwich is amazing. And honestly, you know, maybe we misnamed it. We'll call it the... Uh, the, the, we'll call it the transition sandwich. So uh, when you're transitioning for, you know, from your normal sandwich, you can transition into this sandwich. Now, the main ingredient is uh, crap. But uh, look at the baguette. I mean, look at this baguette. Look at it. I'm just stroking my hand along like it's a little kitty. Just, oh, no, no, no. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, it's a little. Oh, it's just a crap sandwich. But, I mean, look at, look at the toppings. Look at the toppings we're putting on here. Let's throw a couple gas cards on there. Uh, COVID relief check. That was on the bottom, and it's kind of soggy now. But I did want to put that on there. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and then, uh, well, and then we'll give you free vaccines for uh, six-month-old babies. We'll throw that on the crap, crap sandwich, but uh, enjoy your crap sandwich. You know, I'm cool. I'm going to, I'm going to go to Subway. I'd just rather, I think I'd rather go to Subway. Thanks. Just back out. Maintaining eye contact. Don't say anything. That's what you need to do when Democrats tried to serve you a cut-up. Sandwich. Here is uh, Ron DeSantis. He is the governor of the state of Florida. And if uh, Donald Trump decides not to remain for president, he will be the candidate and he will win. If Donald Trump is the candidate, he will be the candidate and he will win. But here is what Ron DeSantis had to say to President Biden yesterday after the dear leader unveiled the glorious news. Not only that he would consider a gas tax holiday, which would save you about $3 a month on a $200 gas bill, but that uh, little day, little bit of babies can get vaccines that they don't need. Not surprised the White House would lie. Definitely not surprised that legacy media would amplify the lie because that's what they do. The state of Florida, they came out with an article saying the state of Florida has not ordered, its Department of Health has not ordered mRNA jabs for the babies. Yes, we didn't. We recommend against it. He must hate babies. Baby hater. We are not going to have any programs where we're trying to jab six-month-old babies with mRNA. That's just the reality. See, you can be a baby killer and be a Democrat. You just have to kill the babies before they're born. Let's go to Randall in Pacific Grove, California. Randall, hello and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Hello. Um... I like that little musical number, and I was going to say when they come at me with the uh, jab, I'm going to tell them uh, from my cold, dead veins. Anyway. (laughs) Nice. What's up? Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about uh, the war on fuel, the war on petroleum, 
back in 1977, National Geographic had a feature of uh, some parts of the Bay Area that they had in the National Geographic, and there's a famous picture in San Jose, California. At the time, it was the fastest-growing city in America, and there was a four-level three-way interchange, 280, 680, and 101 merging together. I mean, it's finished now. Yeah. It's like four or five levels high. And there was pieces of unfinished ramps sticking in midair with no connection. <laughs> and that was a famous picture in National Geographic in 1977. I think it was also used in the movie uh, in the movie Speed when the, when the bus jumped. I, that may be the same bridge, but go ahead. Well, that was way later. Speed was in, like, what, 93 or 94? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Go, go ahead. I'm just saying. Gotcha. Well, they, they finally finished it, okay, and it's great. Yes. Uh, but what I want to say is that uh, the Democrat, with the exception of Chicago in the 70s, which has an excellent expressway system, in my opinion, okay. uh, they have the Democrat-dominated cities, use state taxes and local taxes, city taxes, county taxes on gasoline, yet the the, the common denominator here is Democrat-run jurisdictions have the least amount of freeways, and they're not as big. And usually they are toll roads or or they are turnpikes. And what I want to say is these these Democrat-run areas, these jurisdictions, they tax they have the highest taxes and the least amount of spending for uh, for the roads. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the California cities have, like, this gasoline tax and counties, and they have all these multi-layers of taxes for, for driving. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, is they have the least amount of freeways. And there used to be double-deck freeways that feed right into downtown San Francisco, because I used to mm-hmm. drive one. Yeah. They even go between the skyscrapers back in the old days. Yeah. You have a double-deck freeway going between the skyscrapers. It looked very futuristic. Yeah. However, they've all been torn down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I want to I want to kind of hone back in my main point because because I don't want to get all muddy here. Yes, please. Democrat-run areas of the highest taxes, but they have the least amount of freeways. Yeah, that that's what that's what boggles my mind. Yeah, yeah. It's because uh, they they they've got this kind of two prong thing going. They want you to ride a uh, an electric scooter downtown, or they want you to uh, ride mass transit, even though the uh, mass transit system doesn't go by Home Depot, so you can pick up your drywall. Uh, you know, I studied so maps. I, I studied it, maps of all the metropolitan areas in the country and uh, uh, cities like Boston and uh, New Jersey and New York. They have really very few freeways for that population. Yeah. Oh yeah, Philadelphia yeah, is a little better. But yeah. you go down to Texas. You go down to Texas. They have awesome freeways. Yeah. yeah. Can I well, tell you a few jokes real quick? I'm sorry. What? A few jokes real quick? No, no, I don't have time for jokes. But I do appreciate oh. your phone call, Randall. Uh, yeah, got kind of a circuitous route to your point. Maybe just take the exit ramp and go directly downtown on the point. <laughs> I just, I'm playing. I'm playing, Randall. I'm just playing with you. 
Uh, here's what's going to happen. And I, and I had uh, earlier uh, Liz uh, call, and she's like, what are they going to do if they get rid of all the electric cars or all the uh, gas cars? And that's what they want to do. And, and again, they, uh, pay, they, just, they do this thing. They do this thing. It's make it so. We, whenever the Democrats want something, just make it so. Uh, you know, oh, we shut down your baby formula factory, and we hobbled baby formula production. We have to have our president beg other countries for baby formula. Uh, make it so. Make it so. Make it so. Well, now they, they make it so. Fix the baby formula factory. Not that, not that easy to do. It's the same way with this uh, convert everything into electric, even though, what, 3% of any vehicle on the earth might be able to run on electric. No dump trucks, no combines, no tractors, no airliners, no cruise ships, no fishing boats. I can go on and on. But this is the sort of crap that Democrats pull. And it always fails. It always does a face plant. But Liz, back to your point, what are we going to do? They're going to charge you for every frigging mile. And if I'm not mistaken, President, uh, President Joe Obama, call him Joe Obama, in part of the, uh, the bill, the Build Back Better or whatever the hell it was, they are going to uh, make it that every vehicle produced gives a GPS location of where you are and how many miles you put on your vehicle, and you will be charged for every freaking mile. So not only are you going to get screwed, it's going to become very expensive to own that stupid electric car, which is already prohibitively expensive to 90% of Americans because they cost $56,000 a piece, and you can't go to Home Depot in one. Uh, but you're also going to get scrawed, scrawed by the uh, the government. Either way you go, uh, it makes no sense. Um, we got a little bit more from uh, Ron DeSantis here. Here, here is Ron DeSantis, a good governor, and, and one of the reasons why so many people are moving to states like uh, Florida and to Texas. By the way, from uh, bleep holes like California, which used to be Eden on Earth. Here's Ron DeSantis running through a litany of things he's been right about. But the, com- the other countries in Europe that are going a different direction, similar to the direction... And by the way, he said the state is not going to mandate or provide vaccines for children under five. Florida's gone. They have been right on COVID way more than Fauci and his crew have been throughout this whole thing. Remember, these are people in Washington that rejected the idea of natural immunity. Uh, for a year and a half, they said... I have it because I, uh, I got the virus. Said ...that the vaccine was better than prior infection in every credible... Just uh, for all the really liberal Democrats out there, if you're afraid of COVID uh, and you haven't heard about this, uh, wear a, wearing a condom doesn't help. Just thought you should know. A study that's been done has said that... that You've been misinformed. It's not the case. And so they've been wrong. Time That's for monkeypox. Time and time again, they were wrong when they criticized we think. me for having schools open. They wanted our kids locked out of school in the state of Florida. They were wrong when they criticized me for having businesses open, beaches, all these other things. Yeah, he pretty much kicked butt. And so this is an example where they are pushing this with very, very, very scant data. Now, I have got a little bit more from Ron DeSantis and the uh, lack of serious scientific consideration before approving this vaccine for your six-month-old. We'll have that for a second. And then the other day, I, uh, I played a Spanish version of the, uh, the song Convoy because there's a convoy of people coming across the southern border, like the convoy to Washington, D.C. that truckers tried. Well, there's another convoy, and it is Hispanic, and it is people of color, and it's headed right to... To Washington, D.C. I'll explain what that's all about coming up. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show.
driving snowflakes and candy aisle kids crazier every day. It's the Rob Carson Show. In case you haven't heard, uh, less than 10% of Americans are following the January 6th committee's hearings very closely, according to uh, ABC News poll. <laughs> so it's worse than that. It's worse than that. This, let me give you an example. How bad it, This is like if Andy Dick and Kathy Griffin were a dancing couple on Dancing with the Stars. If they were the only couple on Dancing with the Stars one season, that's the kind of ratings that it would get. Andy Dick and Kathy Griffin on Dancing with the Stars, and maybe like have uh, Joy Behar as the host, or Joy Reid. That's the kind of ratings that this thing is getting. 10% of Americans are watching it very closely because they're the people who need that nipple to suckle on. That, that, oh, God, we've got one final chance at taking down Donald Trump. Please tell us what I need to hear. And like so many narratives that have been created by the left, including by people like Rachel Maddow, uh, the viewers are going to be incredibly disappointed. Because uh, when you promise too much and you don't deliver, eventually people kind of go, eh, you know, I don't think so. I really don't. Uh, Adam Schiffy has, he says he has evidence again, but he said he had evidence during the... The whole Russia collusion thing, he said he had it, he's just holding it, and he never uh, whipped it out, as it were. And even if he did, I don't think it'd be very impressive. Don't think his, uh, yeah, it would be very impressive. Um, Polster Frank Luntz predicted, I mean, if it's anything like his neck, uh, Polster Frank Luntz predicted Sunday, uh, no, stop, stop it, stop it, id, stop it. All right, here we go. So uh, Frank Luntz predicted on Sunday that uh, the January 6th hearings will not help Democrats improve their standing with voters ahead of the 2022. But that's okay. That's what uh, Roe v. Wade's for. But that's not going to work either. <clears throat> First, voter, voters are not going to be persuaded to pers- support Democrats because of the one-sided nature of the hearings for the House January 6th committee. In fact, has not called a single witness who counters the committee's narrative to testify publicly. This worked in Russia because they had uh, Pravda and Izvestia. This works in places like North Korea and Cuba because um, they don't have a First Amendment. And, and uh, uh, you know, the, uh, obviously we do have a state-run media, largely, don't get me wrong, but they weren't able to kill everybody. They weren't able to kill off all the conservative voices by collaborating with big social media and the Democrat Party and, and the mainstream media. They weren't able to. So, uh, unlike in North Korea, this whole control thing is not working. People will find a way. It's kind of, it's like the Jurassic Park dinosaurs. You know, they're all female, but nature finds a way. You know, we find a way in a country that has the First Amendment to find the truth. It's weird that way. The committee has not a single member who represents former President Donald Trump. That is true. Lund said, you uh, should have had counter testimony. You should have had people challenging these witnesses. Well, you could have had Jim Jordan as one of the Republicans, but they, choose, they chose rhinos from hell. Uh, the, uh, the conclusion that some people have come to is that this is simply the third attempt to impeach Donald Trump. And it is. It's a giant uh, face plant. It is a giant uh, turd that cannot be polished. Now, we had talked about uh, Ron DeSantis. He's saying no to uh, this nonsense with regard to a vaccine for children six months to five years of age. It is ridiculous. We should not be able to, we should not subject our children to this because the chances of death in a child that's six month old of COVID, unless they have a massive pre-existing condition, is uh, three one thousandths of one percent. Here is uh, Ron DeSantis talking about the enormous amount of evidence that the CDC skipped over for a quick approval because ka-ching. I think what happened was they thought somehow we would 
we would like be, be embarrassed by that. No, we're following the data. You look at these European countries, uh, they are, uh, a lot of them don't even allow Moderna for under age 30 or they recommend against it. So that was always that. We still have not ordered it. We're not. Do I say the only other countries that have approved a vaccine for kids of six months to five years are us, China, Venezuela, Cuba. End of argument. Going to order it now. What they're saying is because practitioners and hospitals can order it. It's almost like we're doing the same thing that those countries are to, I don't know, take over the population and control them. Somehow we've reversed. I, I said from the beginning they'll be able to do that. We don't have the authority to prevent it. And quite frankly, if someone wants to make a different decision, I would just caution people, look at the actual data in the clinical. So if you're having a child, you're saying that perhaps you should do your own research and then maybe ask a doctor who isn't a shill for the Democrat Party like Joe Biden. Trial. It is the weakest. Uh, did I mention the big drug companies? Yeah, that too. Best possible data that you could possibly uh, see. Very small number of people. Uh, what the recommendation is from them doesn't even track the outcomes. It was something that, but, but people can ask their pediatricians, they can ask their doctors, what's the evidence of, of, of protection against severe disease? There, there was none in the clinical trial. Yeah, yeah, there is. There is that. There is that. Prisa, caminaba sin prisa. Era nueva en la ciudad. Labios de niña, ojos de arena, sus manos, el agua del mar. There's the Hispanic convoy coming. Para allá, en medio de una tempestad. Stop what you think. Era como si en invierno. Regresar así a avisar. ¡Hey! Aire era su nombre si me dijo la verdad. Metiéndose en mi vida. And it's glorious. Como un vendaval. ¡Come on! Aire que busca un sitio en el aire a donde ir. Y ahora solo necesito aire para vivir. Aire. That is pretty cool. That is the uh, Spanish version of Convoy. Now, I used this the other day. Because uh, the, the Republican governors of uh, Texas and Arizona are sending uh, illegals that they apprehend to Washington, D.C. in a convoy. And it, it makes sense, right? And then I thought, no, 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 no. This might be more effective with regard to the Hispanic GOP convoy that's coming to D.C. Now, I will share details on that convoy coming to Washington, D.C., and an inspirational, the inspirational story and speech of Myra Flores, who won a special election in a district that had been dominated by the Democrats since eight. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com. We make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Carson show and uh, we have a special guest we, we just got her on the phone Jenna uh, Jenna Ellis are you could you see me can you hear me Jenna 
Yes, I can. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Jenna. Uh, we're doing just the uh, the audio today. I apologize. Um, sometimes you know you know how it is on uh, broadcast. Uh, sometimes you uh, you fly by the seat of your pants. Uh, totally. My my entire life is like that. So anyway, <laughs> welcome welcome to the show, Jenna. How are you doing? And how's uh, working with uh, Doug Mastriano in the great state of Pennsylvania? Oh my gosh, it is so much fun, and we are seeing such enthusiasm across the state of Pennsylvania to uh, bring back liberty, restore individual freedom, parental rights, election integrity, uh, all of these things to the great state of Pennsylvania. Um, Pennsylvanians are so sick and tired of the failed Democrat policies from Governor Wolf and, of course, Attorney General uh, Josh Shapiro, who is running on the Democrat ticket for governor against uh, against Doug Mastriano, yeah. if, if a Josh Shapiro were to get in to the governor's mansion, it would be Wolf 2.0. <laughs> and everyone in Pennsylvania knows that. They have seen what a disaster the COVID shutdowns were. They've seen the types of people that the Wolf administration, I mean, Rachel Levine in Health and Human Services, I mean, come on. Yeah. This is basically, you know, the Biden administration localized in Pennsylvania. So, Everyone is very excited for Doug Mastriano. He's yeah. a proven leader. Um, he was the first to champion the election integrity hearing so that Team Trump could actually put on um, some of our witnesses and our experts. And um, I've personally gotten to know Doug and, and his wife, Rebby, over the last few years, and they are just genuine American patriots. They're leaders, they're fighters. And I'm so excited to be part of the team. You know, uh, it's it's interesting because Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, the seat of uh, our American uh, governance, uh, where the declaration was uh, signed, and and yet we've strayed. They've strayed so far from that. The Democratic establishment has strayed so far from this in the state of Pennsylvania, with uh, you know big money politics, lots of union money, uh, election chicanery to say the least. And I know Pennsylvania. I lived in Germantown, Maryland, for a dozen years, and I got to know uh, the the middle of the of Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania Dutch country and uh, uh, everywhere from uh, from uh, Pittsburgh to uh, Philadelphia and I got to tell you I, I, it's it, all Pennsylvania really needs is a governor that believes in the 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 state and the people of Pennsylvania as much as Doug does and doesn't so much depend on the Democrat machine which has been in power for so long. Yeah. And, you know, the, I mean, that, that's so well said and is such a great point. And I think that, um, you know, what we're seeing as well, um, you know, across the whole country is yeah. that, you know, these types of um, machines from the the Democrats that are just pushing um, so much of the dark money into <laughs> you know some of these races and, and everything. Um, this is truly for Doug Mastriano and for other you know, really America first pro-America candidates, this is a grassroots movement. And, you know, most, if not, I mean, significantly, almost all are very small dollar donors and people and patriots, um, even outside of Pennsylvania, yeah. that just see how much he wants to uh, follow the law and the Constitution, restore liberty and freedom to Pennsylvania and support him. And I think that is where we need to return to in this country, yeah, Rob. Yeah is that we need to make sure that this is a movement of we the people and we aren't only 
uh, choosing candidates based on what the two giant political parties uh, who they want us to choose. I've got a buddy who lives in Pennsylvania, and he is a small businessman, and he um, he sells for one of these uh, companies. It's uh, it's a wholesale company, and they sell kitchens and furniture and all of this stuff. And and my friend, his name is Doug, also as well. And and he has over the years, uh, you know, struggled at times, had very successful uh, times as a as a businessman in Pittsburgh. And I spoke to him the other night, and he said, Rob. Uh, you know, I want to hire, uh, you know, 10 people. I can only afford to maybe hire five. And even then, I don't know what the future is going to hold because our costs are going through the ceiling, mostly driven by the price of fuel. I'm sure you are seeing this across Pennsylvania uh, with with regard to cost of living and not only uh, a fear of where the country is going, but, but uh, you know, they're hurting dramatically average people are hurting terribly right now um and doug is meeting he's, what are you hearing from the average folks in pennsylvania with regard to the the future of the company uh, the country and the state yeah absolutely and um you know i actually had a uh, a zoom meeting with um yeah, a bunch of small business leaders uh, in Pennsylvania who are very concerned about um, not only staffing their businesses, being uh, told that they're not essential by the Wolf Infor- uh, administration, mm-hmm. being told that they have to um, force their workers to get the vaccine, and now looking at the cost of inflation, the cost of fuel. Um, even you know, in Pennsylvania, they have um, something that's that's called Reggie. It's an acronym for basically um, the Pennsylvania equivalent of the uh, of America being part of you know the Paris Climate Accord and all of these different <laughs> climate change things that yes. Doug Mastriano has said. Listen, on day one, yeah. um, everyone is declared essential. There will be no CRT in schools. We will um, be out of Reggie as a state uh, to make sure that Pennsylvanians aren't spending upwards of you know a forty percent increase in. Uh, all of their um, costs for, you know, quote unquote, clean energy, which is just, you know, part of the leftist move to control. So all of these things are important to Pennsylvanians and way more um, than that impact to them directly that they're seeing now. It's not just a matter of mean tweets versus, you know, (laughs) we can ignore what's on the news. It's a matter of do I have enough money to feed my family? Do I have enough money to fill up my gas tank? Do I have enough staffing at my small business? I mean, these are things that people genuinely care about and are concerned about. And I think that's why we're seeing more registered new voters. Um, We're seeing that independents are voting conservative. We're seeing Democrats that are switching their vote and saying, I'm never voting for a Democrat again. So um, I think with election integrity measures, making sure that we protect the vote, there is no question that Doug Mastriano will win in Pennsylvania. And even, Rob, a USA Today poll showed a dead heat right now, which is very bad for Josh Shapiro and just shows a rising red wave in the state of Pennsylvania. And I am so (laughs) excited for a Mastriano administration that, as he keeps saying, is going to make Ron DeSantis down in Florida look like amateur. I I love it. And I've known uh, Ron. uh, (laughs) I've known Doug for a couple of years. He is a fellow Gen Xer. and, and I keep telling him that Gen X is going to save the world. Nothing against millennials, Jenna. Nothing against millennials. Uh, <laughs> no but, but, but Gen X, we're the last analog generation. I don't know if you knew that, Jenna. Um, I got a couple things to ask you as a, as a political pundit, and I, re- I respect you as a, as a pundit, as someone who is knowledgeable not only about politics but also the law. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Myra Flores uh, absolutely owning um, her district in Texas after 150 years of Democrat leadership?
ownership. Do you do you see this portends a not only a wave, uh, you know, they call it a red wave, nonsense, a, a brown wave possibly with regard to people of color coming to the uh, Republican Party in states like Pennsylvania and others because of maybe being taken advantage of by the Democrat Party? Oh, absolutely. And I think that this just shows that the Democrat leftist talking point that they somehow just presume that if you're a minority, therefore you will vote Democrat is actually racist and is actually very offensive that people (laughs) who look a certain way or are a certain gender, and I'm not talking about the 87 genders, I'm talking about the only (laughs) two that we have, that, you know, if you're a woman, then you are just automatically in the Democrat camp. That's offensive to people who are saying, no, we get to decide who we're going to vote for, and we get to decide that we're looking at the Democratic Party, and they're going so far left, we don't like that. So we are going to use our vote in a way that we're not just monolithic voters. And so I think that that talking point from the left is going to be more and more shown to be the utterly false lie that it is. And we are going to see more of the Latino vote. We're going to see yeah. more of the black vote, um, yeah. you know, more of the people who who um, traditionally the Democrats have said just they're going to vote for us. Um, going conservative because they're saying, no, we're rejecting that. And even if we were raised in a Democrat household, we're thinking for ourselves and we want to go with the conservative position because we love America. We love the American dream. We love capitalism. And we want to support the candidates that actually make sense. You know, it's interesting because um, I like to consider myself to be a libertarian-leaning conservative. I when I when I tell people about my uh, my views, I'm very very pro-life because I was a fetus. Uh, I'm also uh, pro-military, pro-border, lower taxes, um, uh, lower regulation, and I don't give a darn about uh, gay people getting married. If they want to, uh, you know, torture themselves like I have, they should be willing to. I'm just kidding. But uh, but <laughs> but honestly, uh, you, you know who cares? Who cares about that? Um, and and well, I'm I seeing, do, you know, I, I do, and let me tell you why. Well, really quick. okay, go ahead. The only uh, now, listen. I, I think the government should be out of marriage. That's what I'm saying, Jenna. Sure, I have no problem. If you want to go to a church that marries you, incentives. For yes, go ahead. Don't call it a marriage. They, okay. Don't call it a marriage. Okay, okay. Call it a civil union and say yes. if two individual people want to have you know the right of survivorship and want sure. to you know live together under a common contract. Fine, but that is not a marriage. You can't redefine yes. the term marriage okay. any more than you can redefine what is a woman. Well. I, maybe I put it uh, incorrectly. Uh, I think the government should be out of it. If it does come to uh, the government, then yes, uh, a civil union, certainly. As far as churches are concerned, that's where marriage takes place. And if yes. there's a church that decides to marry people, that's their business. If you don't want to go to the church because they are pro-gay marriage, that's your business. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. That said, one of the things that. one of the things that really hit home for me about Myra Flores with her campaign ad was her and her family outside at a gathering holding their hands and praying. Now, I'm not a fundamentalist. I I do not like to proselytize. I am a Christian, though, and I am a a deep believer in in God, in my God, and, and, and that. But I think that meant a lot because of all of the nonsense that the Democrat is feeding us, her ad shows the most important thing is family and community. And I thought that was epic. And, and, and the Democrats don't even realize how important that is, particularly to the Hispanic community. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're seeing that as well in um, my home state of Colorado. Um, I just voted yesterday in our primary wow. um, for Greg Lopez, who's running for uh, governor against incumbent Democrat idiot Jared Polis. <laughs> and we're seeing that because, you know, Greg Lopez, who's part of the Hispanic community in Colorado, is uh, getting a lot of support yeah. uh, because, you know, he he has and is running on um, traditional American values yep. and, you know, family, faith and freedom. He is a United States uh, Air Force veteran, you know, and these things that are just so solidly at the heart of America. America that people do want to return back to. They don't want Jared Polis, who's the you know who um, was elected because you know woohoo, he's the first openly gay governor. Like who cares? Yeah. That is not. We don't want identity <laughs> yes. politics in that way. We want yeah. the true identity of America, meaning the church, the family, and understanding the principles of limited government to stay out of our churches, to stay out of our families' businesses, yeah. um, to stay out of all of these things. And yeah. we don't want to harness the pretext of COVID to tell church that you're not essential. Exactly. So all of these things that exactly. are part of the fabric of um, of people who are, you know, in Latino families or people who are in, you know, Christian evangelical circles or people who've grown up in America, they understand the traditional family matters. It does. It does. It's all that matters, actually. Um, listen, I greatly appreciate you joining me today, Jenna. Uh, Doug's website is Doug4Gov.com. Doug4Gov.com. It sounds like things are going well. If you're talking about a neck and neck uh, tie for uh, yeah. Governor, that's like a 10 point advantage for Doug because you know the polls are skewed. In Pennsylvania gigantically towards Democrats. Yeah, hundred percent, and uh, we're really excited. And you know, we're just starting in the general election, yeah. so anyone listening out there, please go to DougForGov.com. Even if you're not in Pennsylvania, yeah. please uh, retweet him. Follow at Doug Mastriano on Twitter, on all social media. Lovely. Retweet, amplify him. We would love your support and participation, and also in your state and local elections. Get on board with yeah. your America First candidate. Get engaged, and definitely get out and vote in November. I love the fact you're working with Doug, and I love having you on the show, Jenna. Have a glory. What kind of dog do you have? Is that a Labradoodle, by the way? What is that? Yeah, it's actually my boyfriend's dog, but I love him, um, Howie, so he's kind of my dog, too, now. But, uh, yeah, so he is a golden, a mini golden doodle. All right, I, I noticed. my perfect little co-host. I noticed that on Twitter. You know, you can't go wrong with people who love dogs. Uh, have a glorious day, Jenna, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Rob. Great to talk with you. All right, you are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Back in a second. Ooh. Dissent is not disinformation. It's the Rob Carson Show. Something strange happened in uh, Georgia yesterday. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to read some statistics. You can figure it out. Vernon Jones uh, lost yesterday to uh, Republican Mike Collins in the primary for the Georgia's 10th Congressional District. Now, in 2016, Donald Trump won the state of Georgia 50% to 45 Republicans won the state in every presidential election since 1992 when Bill Clinton took the state thanks to Ross Perot. Remember that? Joe Biden, who did not campaign, won 596,000 more votes than Hillary did in 2016. In 2020, weird how that happened. And there were also, if I'm not mistaken, 2,000 mules who were taking all sorts of uh, ballots to multiple drop boxes and stopping at Democrat headquarters around the state, refilling up with votes and then taking them back out. Oh, and, and then also in 2020, the uh, the counting stopped in Atlanta and they said it was a water main break. Uh, and then they uh, took out all these ballots from underneath the table in black cases and ran them through the counter a bunch of different times. And other than the fact that there was video evidence and all of that stuff, uh, 
and uh, there with all these mules and everything. Uh, you know, uh, Joe Biden won. Sure he did. Anyway, that's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, we all know that ballot traffickers push Joe Biden over the top with 10,000s of ballots, but that doesn't explain 2022. Now listen to this. Secretary of State uh, uh, Brad Raffensperger, who could not win his own district as a representative to the state convention, surprisingly won his primary two weeks ago over a popular Republican with 50% of the vote. Now, he was polling at 25%. That's kind of weird. That's kind of weird. Ravensburg won his primary with 52% of the vote to prevent a runoff. Brian Kemp, who was booed at the state convention, surprisingly won his primary in Georgia after a rally with Mike Pence, 74 to 22. And on Tuesday, popular conservative Trump supporter Vernon Jones, who just months ago would receive a rock star's welcome at the rallies, lost to his opponent Mike Collins, 76 to 24. That's just really weird. So if you want to believe the numbers from the polls yesterday, this would say that Trump has 24% support from conservatives in the state. And Donald Trump supported candidates around the country have been curb stopping the competition. What's the difference? Well, it's Georgia and Stacey Abrams is part of the political machine. I'm just thinking out loud, just thinking out loud. Just thinking out, something's wonky with, uh, with Georgia. And if I were living in Georgia as a resident of Georgia, uh, I'd be a little concerned. I'd be a little concerned. Now, I want to get to uh, Myra Flores and her uh, victory Tuesday, uh, last Tuesday, with regard to Hispanic uh, voters moving away from the Democrat Party. I don't have time to get into it fully here before the top of the hour. I do want to mention this. Uh, the White House is blaming food shortages across the country on Vladimir Putin. Yeah, President Putin is, comma, no kidding, weaponizing food. This according to Strategic Communications uh, White House National Security Council Coordinator John Kirby. He says it's weaponizing food. And what did I tell you last year? I said that once COVID goes away, the next crisis will be oil, and the crisis after that will be food. Will be food. We are seeing it now with regard to baby formula, with regard to tampons, which we don't eat. I hope you don't anyway. You're, you're using them the wrong way if you are. Anyway, <clears throat> this is just a precursor of what's to come. Because the reason why they're already blaming food shortages on Vladimir Putin is because they expect them to get worse. They expect them to get worse, so they're playing the game blame out in front to get out in front of what's coming, and they know what's coming. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Make sure to check out The Rob Carson Show podcast. It is called The Rob Carson Show podcast. I know. Pretty cool how that works. Uh, Just go to Spotify. Go to Apple uh, Podcasts. Go to uh, iHeartMedia. Uh, go to Odyssey. You'll be there with uh, the, what, who is it? The, the Obamas. They have a new $20 million podcast there. And I'll bet, I'll bet uh, as far as bang for the buck, I think mine is uh, going to kick theirs, to be quite honest. In fact, I know it is. Anyway, check it out. Uh, the Rob Carson Show podcast. Also tonight at 6 o'clock, Greta Van Susteren on uh, Newsmax Television. Coming up, uh, the brown wave coming to Washington, D.C. You're thinking it's already there because there's a whole lot of brown stuff that gets spewed in Washington, D.C. No, no, no. This is different. This is different. Also, Marjorie Taylor Greene is being legitimately harassed on Capitol Hill. She's speaking out finally. And uh, they're now getting rid of uh, naming buildings, not of dead people, but of living people. 
College students say Dave Chappelle shouldn't have a theater named after him. I'll share that coming up. It is the Rob Carson Show. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is a Rob Carson show, and uh, this hour we're going to talk a little bit about Mata Mara Flores and the uh, Hispanic wave that's coming to Washington, D.C. for the GOP. Uh, she is being joined by two other Republicans, Cassie Garcia and Monica de la Cruz. Uh, they have found themselves at the forefront of an undeniable national trend as they redden the three districts covering Texas' southernmost part. I don't like that red thing. I never have. I think it's a joke. It is a Republican wave. It's not a red wave. Conservatives are not red. Democrats are red. Communists are red. <clears throat> I've said since Barack Obama ran the first time, they changed red to be Republican because Barack Obama's clearly raised in Marxism because his, uh, his campaign started in the living room of uh, Bern, uh, Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn. So they had to get out in front of that and labeled the Republican Party red. Makes no sense. It's idiotic, and I refuse to do it. That said... There is a, a Hispanic wave that looks like it could be headed to Washington, D.C., maybe even a uh, just a person of color wave coming to Washington, D.C., because what do the Democrat Party, what does the Democrat Party normally do with people of color? I actually, when I was in my, uh, my speech in Baltimore uh, a few weeks ago, I said, what, what do the Democrats normally do when they, uh, when it, with regard to people of color? And they said, well, what they do is they promise and promise and promise lots of stuff until Election Day. And then the day after the election, they get up and leave money on the dresser and never, never return until the next election cycle. <laughs> and that's the way, and that's just the way they do it, kids. What has the Democrat Party done for uh, black people? They, they did the Great Society, right? In the 1960s, I was an infant destroyed the black community, did its level best to destroy the Hispanic community, destroy the inner city, destroy lives. When you look at what's going on with murder rate in, in cities around the country, uh, number one murder on murder rate is going to be uh, black, then followed by Hispanic. There's a reason for that, gang membership, cultural issues. But maybe that's turning around. I think it is. I want to go to Howard in Perry Hall, Maryland, wants to comment about the Georgia election where John Raffensperger got 50-plus percent of the vote, even though he was polling at 25. Weird! And Vernon Jones got beat by 50 points with his primary challenger. Hello there, Howard. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Hi, Rob. How are you? Glorious. What's up? Uh, Georgia has open primaries, which means you don't just vote for Republicans only. You can vote for anybody, so it's it's almost like having their election. And what they'll okay. do is they'll get all the Democrats to say, "Who do we want out of the Republican race to be removed because they're popular?" And so they just go and, and vote for the person against them because they know they're a Democrat person that they like. They're That's going to true. get in anyway. Yeah, that is true. And when you look at the amount of money being spent from outside sources during the last election, it wouldn't surprise me at all uh, that uh, the Democrats pulled this in uh, in Georgia. And they got, uh, well, and everybody's, oh, how did the anti-Trump uh, candidates win when everybody else, you know, is voting for Trump candidates? Well, it's clear. Uh, and you, and thanks for clarifying. I do appreciate that. Oh, no problem at all. Have a good one. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So um, I had mentioned this, um, and and... When I when I grew up, um, I was uh, you know part of this uh, first generation to be colorblind essentially. I don't know. 
I never really thought about uh, race, really. I mean, sure, I lived in a fairly lily-white uh, community in Iowa, Neola, Iowa. And, um, uh, you know, yeah, really, really white, because that's just where white people choose to lose. It's an agrarian, or you, you, to, wi- to live, I guess, uh, agrarian community. Largely, people bust their butts from sundown to sunup. Uh, kids frequently get up at 4 in the morning to go out and milk cows before they go to school, and then they spend all day at school. And when they get home, they help Dad with the farm. That's just the way it is. And, uh, and it just happens to be, uh, you know, a largely white population. It happens. It happens. Um, but I'll tell you, I, I was never raised to be uh, a racist. I've never used uh, the N-word as a pejorative against someone. Have I ever said the N-word? Well, of course, because it's a freaking word. Um, but, but that said, uh, first generation to, to look at uh, Captain Kirk and Uhura making out and going, eh, who cares, who cares? First person to watch Sesame Street with uh, color, you know, people of mixed race on there. Jefferson's, uh, uh, you know, all in the family, uh, all of that. You know, it, it was no, nobody was offended by it. Nobody cared about it. Uh, my generation made uh, Bill Cosby into America's dad. Who cares about color? That said, I've always uh, loved to hear the immigrant experience. And like one of my best friends in the world was a cabbie. Because I always talk to Uber drivers and cabbies, particularly if they're from other countries, I like to know their story. Why are you here? What do you like to do? Why are you doing this? And I, and I always get wonderful, wonderful stories. And, and I always talk to uh, uh, people who I can tell are from other countries to find out what brought them here. I'm curious. And that way, my mom was that way. And, and so I'm just curious. And, and uh, one time, I remember I was in Washington, D.C., and I guess this is very uh, untoward and very racist of me, but there was a, a group of contractors in the home next door to me, and we really needed some work done in our house, and there's a high painting in this area that I will not get up on a uh, ladder to paint. So I went over, and I <clears throat> saw these guys painting, and they're all Hispanic, um, and they're all speaking in Spanish. And I said, excuse me, can someone help me with a bid on my home? And this guy stands up, and he walks over, and he goes, yes, can I help you? And I said, yeah, yeah, so let me, uh, you know. And so this gentleman, who clearly is not a, a native, a person from the United States, he immigrated, he comes over to the house. And he gives me the, uh, and I can tell he's very driven. He's really driven and positive person. And I, I, I migrate towards people like that. And, and I just, I got curious about him. And, he did that. and I said, I said, I, you know, don't, don't take this wrong. You were the first person to stand up in your group that uh, spoke English, clearly saw the customer is an English speaker and said, aha. And he says, well, here, let me show you something. And I said, okay, okay. And he said, come over here. And he walks me over to my front door and he looks out and he points over this glorious F-150 truck that now he probably can't afford to fill with gas because Joe Biden, a glorious F-150 truck at the time probably cost $70,000, $80,000. And he says, you see that truck? And I said, yeah. He goes, the guys who speak Spanish, they drive the truck. The guy who speaks English, he owns the truck. And I said, oh. Now, this wasn't about Spanish speakers. This was about adjusting to the culture, uh, accepting the language of the culture, and then recognizing that to be a really active participant as a citizen of the country, you need two things. You need citizenship and language. Those are the two things that bring us together. Citizenship and language. Then we sort out everything else. The Democrat Party has always taken for granted people of color for some reason. A lot of that has to do with fear. 
They paint the Republican Party as racist and misogynistic and they want to bust down the door to your bedroom and all of this stuff. Well, what the Democrat Party has painted it, uh, has painted itself as everything that people in the Hispanic community, by and large, really, really are offended by. Whether that be calling people Latinx or Latinx, which is the ultimate just insult to the Hispanic community. Saying that, oh, no, no, you can't use Latino and, and Latina anymore. It's going to be Latinx. That's what we're going to do. So you start doing that, you little brown people. And, uh, and the Hispanic community is going, you know, no, I don't think so. That's really stupid. And then Myra Flores comes along, and she's somebody you'd never heard about until a week ago when she won her election, special election for Congress, and was sworn in yesterday on Capitol Hill. And one of the things I noticed about her ad was that it featured family. It featured a family at a table holding hands and praying. Now, this isn't a religious commercial. This is about what's important. She also talked about the economy. She talked about what Democrats are doing wrong. But she included the, the family and her pride in her family. Here is uh, Myra Flores on uh, Capitol Hill yesterday getting sworn in and speaking. Madam Speaker, I rise today to give a voice to the voiceless, to say that the people who live and work in South Texas. Have- you know what I think? I think AOC is a high no. I think she's a high no. I'll explain why in a sec. I've had enough. We want to be heard, and we are tired of being treated like second-class citizens. Hispanic in name only, in case you were wondering. I was born in Burgos, Tamaulipas, Mexico. Si, senor. (laughs) And raised with strong values to always put God and family. Oh, shut the front door. That's the opposite of the Democrat Party. First. My father, Saul Flores, moved us to the United States because of the promise of America. And he probably worked his fingers to the bone to get you where you are, and you're paying him back in a big way. He told me, in this country, if you work hard, you can accomplish anything. The Democrat Party doesn't say that. They say if you're a person of color, you have no chance because of systematic racism. My story proves is right. Amen. But right now, our people are struggling. They are taken for granted. That Leave the money on the dresser. ends now. And I'm here. <laughs> I have risen from working in the cotton fields. Wait a minute. She grew up working in the cotton fields. That is remarkable. To representing... I worked in every kind of field as a kid, and I wasn't, uh, you know, uh, from across the border. She came here in abject poverty and made it work. I have risen from working in the cotton fields to representing the community I love. And the Democrats want uh, reparations for people who live today, for people who worked in cotton fields 160 years ago. In the United States Congress, and I will give them a voice. I will use it to say our lives are not a game. Our people deserve to have opportunity, security, and freedom. And I will work every day to give it to them. I am a proud Border Patrol wife and a mother. She can't be pro-border. Of four young children fighting for a better future for them and for all our children. Now, 
the Democrat you, Party had uh, had a reliable base of uh, of voters and a plan for the country that the now Democrats are calling a white replacement. And that is uh, when talk show hosts say that the reason why the Democrat Party wants to flood the country with illegals uh, is to give them the right to vote, to upset the balance of power and create a permanent underclass. That's their plan. It's true. It's not about white replacement. Not at all. That's not it. That's what we're not. We're not. White people aren't afraid of that at all. But that was the Democrat plan. Well, now that plan is blowing up in their face. I've got a little bit more on this. Your calls are welcome at 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. For all those who are sick and tired of people moving to D.C. and spending their entire lives telling us how to live ours, it's The Rob Carson Show. Texas Republican Maida Flores was able to flip a House seat in a special election. She'll be the first Mexican-born congresswoman, specifically along the border. Why is she running as a Republican? Well, don't you, doesn't she know they're all racist and white supremacists? The Rio Grande Valley, South Texas, where voters have moved 10, 20, 30, 40 points away from the Democrats and toward the Republicans. 40 points away from Democrats? The result definitely underscores the Hispanic vote could be up for grabs this fall in ways we haven't seen it. All right, there you go. Let's go to uh, Tony in Woodline. He has a comment on uh, what's happening in Texas and what will happen in November. Tony, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What do you think? Yes, that's my question. The, the, the district is going to change. This is going to change yes. to a Democratic district. She's not going to be in the seat in November. So, what's the uh, what's the big excitement about? Well, Tony, uh, let me tell you the big excitement. Did you not hear that the the uh, that she actually flipped the seat by forty points? I thought you should know that. Did you also, Tony, notice that uh, Democrats right now are polling in favor of Joe Biden by twenty four percent? So no matter uh, what the redistricting that's happening, uh, in in fact, I would venture to say that if they do decide they're going to redistrict to benefit uh, Democrats, um, the the area where she is about 80, 85 percent Hispanic. And right now, Joe Biden's approval rating is at 24 percent. And people in the Hispanic community have flipped that district by 35 points. So I think I've answered your question. Uh, Okay. Uh, Tony's going to laugh. Okay, Tony. What's funny about that? What's funny about it, buddy? Please, you didn't please. Answer my question. No, no, no. I did. You I, answered. You answered no, I did. I absolutely did. I said you. You said, "What will you say when Flores loses in November because of redistricting?" I said, "Redistricting doesn't mean D word from Richard because she flipped the seat by thirty-five points and Joe Biden is blowing it with with uh, uh, Hispanics." Twenty-four percent approval rate, Tony. I did answer your question. Running that district in November. What are you talking about? What are you talking she's not about? Gonna run. She's not going to run in that district in oh, November. Okay. What is she going to run for? Where is she going to run? She's going to run in another district more favorable to her. Y- y'all don't keep up on this stuff? Really? Tony? What is the district? Can you tell me the exact district number and the whole I, deal, I, who I, she's running against? I, I, I don't have the information to hear. Right, thanks, me. Tony. Appreciate the phone call. Bye. You know, just if you're going to be smug, be smug about something. Have something to be smug about. You know, have something to be smug about. 
Um, she's going to go to Washington. I don't care what amount of redistricting is done. They don't need to redistrict at all, to be quite honest. She already flipped it by 35 points. So I don't know where you're getting your, your smugness with regard to uh, what's happening in southern Texas. <laughs> I would venture to say that I keep up on things a little bit better than Tony with your smug laugh. Let's go to Estelle. Hey, Estelle in Santa Cruz. How are you? Oh, hi, Mr. Carson. How are you? I'm glorious. More importantly, how are you? Uh, I'm good. Okay, Jesus. I have Jesus with me every day, and that's what's keeping me going with my faith. And for this lady, Myra Flores, that proves to you that with God, everything is possible. I am very glad. I am not Spanish. I am half French and half Portuguese. Oh, okay. okay? And her dream has come true because of her family and her faith and hard work. The Democrat has used the Spanish people to do their dirty work. Yes, yes. All the dirty work are done by the Spanish people because I know and I have seen it. They are up at 4 o'clock in the morning cutting Mrs. Pelosi's grass and the maids and the nannies and the babysitters and the home care. So that's why this lady has proven to them, okay? Now yes. they are jealous. They want the, the computer job, okay? They graduate from college and they want to sit behind a computer. The American, they do not want to go work at McDonald's. All the jobs are taken by the Spanish people. Well, so and there was a now, now, Estelle, Estelle, real quick, Estelle, got let me talk, <clears throat> Estelle. A couple things going on. First of all, yeah, you're right about Nancy Pelosi. She's perfectly fine with brown people when they are either radical leftists or when they're cutting her grass or when they have their little leaf blowers out there and they just come in and then, oh look, there's some Hispanic people over there building a house. Oh, there's a, you ever notice? I mean, uh, where I am, it, it's it's remarkable the hard the heavy lifting that are being done by people south of the border i i, I encourage uh, legal migration into the country but the democrat party is completely happy just like with the rest of the country with hispanic people people from other countries coming here living at the lowest standard getting by on the crumbs doing their dirty work which is literally and figuratively estelle and they hate it they hate it when people who are authentically hispanic with families uh, who believe in authentic uh, uh, christian values when they win a seat in congress that's when their apple cart gets upset and they're no longer doing the leaf blowing and the and the roofing and all the other sundry uh, work that nancy pelosi likes to see them do go ahead that's right that's right they use these people they say we don't want them to come but they want them to come because they're using us i've been i've worked hard cleaning houses and doing everything for for me to survive in america that's what i have done but you know estelle estelle but you never stopped dreaming about doing more uh and and you never stopped at i'll be fine just doing this which is what the democrat party is having with estelle i gotta go thank you for the phone call do appreciate au revoir a bientôt okay she said she speaks french or she's french anyway 
So, yeah, there you go. Welcome to the fold. Please come to the party. Come to the movement in this country that embraces hard work and embraces people moving up as part of the great American melting pot. We've always been that way. It's not 1863. It's not 1968. And the brown wave is coming to Washington, D.C., and it will sweep out, uh, you know, people who uh, just want people to be, you know, feed on the crumbs. All right, last half hour of the show is right ahead. Do not go anywhere. It is Rob Carson show. I um, I guess I've always um, felt a, a kinship with uh, just people who um, do the stuff that uh, most people wouldn't do. Um, in in our country, a good deal of those people are. Uh, Hispanic people. People, I should say, they come from a country south of the border, uh, Mexico, Central America, South America. And um, I've always felt a kinship. I grew up on a farm, and, uh, and this is in Iowa. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, you, you, if, I, if I told you all the stories about uh, my growing up, everything from um, starting really doing farm work at around 10 or so, uh, you know, getting up at 4 in the morning and going out and, and walking beans. We had to walk beans. You have to go look for voluntary corn and beans, and I walk corn. Uh, and, and when you walk corn all day, you get these cuts on your arms from the, the leaves. And then, then I'd pitch bales and pitch bales. You, you, you lift up bales, big old heavy bales, can be 100 pounds, and you rest them on your forearms before you throw them on the truck. And by the end of the day, you come home and your arms are scratched up. I mean, it looks like some, you know, uh, whacked out, bent out of shape, gender-confused, liberal self-cutting. Uh, but I did it by pitching bales. Um, and I did all sorts of stuff, bridge crews and whatnot. And, and every day I never said, I want to do the rest of my life. Every day I'd come home, and when you like would shell corn all day. Shelling corn is the worst thing in the world, and we don't do it so much anymore. Combines usually take care of that. But shelling corn, sometimes you, you pick corn off the shell, and you leave it in a bin, and then you rake it in to be shelled, and the, the corn gets moldy and dusty. At the end of the day, you are doing this to get all of this, the, the gunk out of your head after doing that. And you're so exhausted when you get done at the end of the day. All you want to do is just go home and hang out with your family. And, and I've ne- that's never left me. And that's what I think the Democrat Party has left uh, the hardworking people of America behind, particularly with this gas nonsense. They even, don't even realize the pain that they have caused. With regard to Meyer Flores in winning the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the race that she did, the special election, first Republican to win in more than 150 years will be the first Mexican board congressman in America, not, of course, getting any major play nationally because she is not a Democrat. 85% of the residents in Texas, 34, are Hispanic. Just 13% are white. The district, like much of Texas, much of Texas has long been a Democrat stronghold. Biden carried Cameron County, the most populous county in the district, by 13 points in 2020. Um, on Tuesday, Flores won Cameron by one point. All right. This phenomenon, particularly uh, pronounced in the border communities of South Texas, which have pivoted toward the GOP in overwhelming numbers over the course of the last few years. Five of the six biggest county level shifts to Trump in 2016 from 2020 were South Texas. In Texas, 99 percent Hispanic Star County. For example, Trump marked a 55 point improvement. Listen to this. Liberal political scientist John Judas, Judas, Roy Texiera 
argued that immigration-driven demographic uh, trends could bring about the dawn of a new progressive era, meaning bringing Hispanics across the country legally or across the border, legally or not, will mean a dawn for the Democrats like never seen before. But the experience of the past few years suggests that the left's confidence in this area was at best premature. To their credit, both Judas and Texiera have backed off their thesis in recent years. Judas has been desperately trying to warn his fellow Democrats about the growing electoral challenges for years. Redoing the electoral math, a new essay from the New Republic. The writer admitted, I argued that demographics favored the Democrats. I was wrong. So to your argument from the very snarky and uh, pompous gentleman who called earlier, if they redistrict this area, the point is moot because Democrats, I should say, Hispanics are moving toward the Republican Party in droves. And it's going to become painfully obvious. Let's go to uh, Paul in, in uh, Santa Cruz, California, the home of KSCR, a glorious affiliate. Paul, go right ahead, my friend. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the possibility that uh, of Pence running uh, in 2024, uh, potentially uh, in the hypothetically if Trump's not available to be running, because um, I think in some respects, some of what he has been able to bring to the party appears to be positive and potentially in reference to uh, DeSantis. I think uh, he seems to be more of a level-headed guy. But, yeah, uh, well, um, Paul, Paul uh, you know, you can bring all sorts to the table. It's just a matter of people want to uh, vote for it. That's not the case with uh, Mike Pence. If you look at the polls, he's not even showing up. So, I mean, that's pretty, pretty big, gigantic not wishful thinking. because. Oh, Zogby. Zogby okay. What is what is he po- what is he polling at? Uh, I believe he's at twenty three percent, and DeSantis is at twenty seven percent. What's then Trump at? Another one. Uh, DeSantis Trump is eleven point uh, five, and Pence is at nine point seven. Okay, Paul, um, you can believe that if you'd like, and you can cherry pick all the polls you want. But uh, Mike Pence will never Mike Pence will never be the presidential candidate uh, uh, as long as Donald Trump lives and as long as uh, the current supporters of Donald Trump and uh, Trump uh, uh, policies live. And that's 70 million people that by saying, assuming he's not. Well, I think be in a position. I don't think that Pence will be, ever be in a position as long as DeSantis is there, as long as Christine Noem might consider running, as long as uh, a host of other uh, Republicans are running. Mike Pence has already screwed himself. He has about the, uh, I, I think he has the chance of winning the nomination for the Republican uh, uh, presidential uh, nomination about as, as good as Liz Cheney at this point and Adam Kinzinger. But well, we agree right, to disagree, well, Paul. We, we agree to disagree. Good. Have a good we will day. see. I, I do appreciate you calling, though. I really do. Um, uh, Mike Pence is done. I, I don't know. If you disagree, call me. Present something other than a single Zogby poll that shows Mike Pence still behind. Um, and all that Donald Trump has to do if he decides he's not going to run is say, vote for Mike Pence. Or not, not Mike Pence. Vote for Ron DeSantis. Or vote for Christy Nome. Or I put my, high, my, 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 uh, my support behind whoever. Mike Pence will never get that. He will never get that. Right now, Donald Trump is the runaway favorite. Second is Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is not a bully. 
Ron DeSantis is a principled individual who stands up to nonsense, like teaching children sex and sexuality at age four in public schools. And other nonsense, like making six-month-olds have vaccinations for COVID. This is why Ron DeSantis rocks. Ron DeSantis isn't about mean tweets. Ron DeSantis isn't mean-spirited. Ron DeSantis is principled and strong and conservative. Mike Pence is none of those things. And Mike Pence is nothing more than a uh, rehash. He wasn't popular in Indiana uh, before Donald Trump added him to the ticket, and he won't be a viable candidate in, uh, in 2024. Just my thoughts, just my thoughts. But uh, Paul and Santa Cruz, I do appreciate your thoughts on it. And then there's this, just this last weekend, Donald Trump in Nashville. Would anybody like me to run for president? Yeah. Yeah. We just got to get past the 70 million people who support Donald Trump and the 40 plus percent of all Americans who think that uh, Joe Biden didn't get 81 million votes. Other than that, it's a pretty easy hurdle to cross over. Yeah. Dave Chappelle is one of my uh, favorites. Love Dave Chappelle. Also, one of the coolest interviews I ever did in my life when I met him. I met him about 20 years ago in Cincinnati. One of the most amazing people. Just enjoyed visiting with him down to earth. Well, he's decided that he's going to leave his name off the theater at his high school in order to avoid it offending anyone. Chappelle made his announcement on Monday at the naming ceremony of the Duke Ellington School of Arts, his alma mater. Chappelle had donated money and helped raise money for a new theater for the school. He says it was pivotal in his development as an iconic comedian. The school responded by saying it was going to name the theater after him. Well, a bunch of little snowflakes who would never watch Dave Chappelle because, A, they're not smart enough to get it, and, B, they're spoiled little children. They decided to protest. And Dave Chappelle said, uh, okay, that's fine. Some students at the school protested against the decision based on the controversy surrounding jokes he made that offended some of the transgender and LGBTQIA plus bully community. These kids didn't understand that they were instruments of oppression, he said, according to a Washington Post reporter. When you can't say, when you, can, when you say I can't say something, the more urgent it is. Is it for me to say it? It has something to do with what you are saying. I can't say it has everything to do with my freedom or of artistic expression. Needless to say, he decided to avoid the controversy and not put his name on the building. It's going to be renamed the uh, Theater for Artistic Freedom and Expression. And expression. It's kind of uh, ridiculous considering that the school is restricting the freedom to name the theater after Dave Chappelle, its most successful alumni. At what point do we stop when we hear demands like this as adults? Presumably the uh, people who are in charge of the Duke Ellington School of Arts. When are they going to step up and say to the Candy Isle kids, you're not in a position to demand anything. You're not working for a living. You're still being 
fed, presumably, most of you by your parents and insured by your parents and tuition, paid for you by your parents or, or uh, uh, loaned, borrowed, whatever you could do to, uh, to do this. And, uh, and consequently, while you may have a right to vote, you may uh, be able to uh, uh, you know, serve in the military. But with regard to the naming of our Performing Arts Center, you're not in a position to demand a damned thing. You pay us to go to school here, presumably so you can get a degree and get a job. Now, uh, STFU, that's what I would say. I am uh, tremendously disappointed in this decision um, by Dave Chappelle. Um, and, and I'm not pointing fingers at him. I just wish he would have said, nah. Just go ahead and name it after me. He clearly thinks it's not a big deal that's named after him, but it really is. Because, uh, how do I say this? Um, He's Dave Chappelle! Let's take a break, come back for more of the Rob Carson Show right after this. Say it loud and proud. Let's go, Brandon. It's the Rob Carson Show. You know, um, here is why uh, Hispanic and uh, working class people are moving away from the Democrat Party. Aside from, I don't know, the war on fossil fuel, which impacts all of us and which is uh, stupid on the face of it because there's no electric replacement for 99% of the vehicles that need it. Plus, there's no replacement in plastics and, uh, and uh, hair products and face products and all the sundry things that petroleum products do. Oh, yeah, and your, your streets made of uh, paved with asphalt made from petroleum products. But here's Van Jones talking about the Democratic Party and Democrat Party. They're not Democratic at all. The Democrat Party and why they're chasing away average people, including people of color becoming a party of the very high and the very low uh, if you pull out the working class you've got people who are very well educated and very well off those people talk funny latinx i've never met a latinx i've never met a bipoc I've never met, you know, all this. Uh, Latin X and a BIPOC. This is weird stuff. That you, t- you go into, seriously, go into Baltimore, go into, uh, you know, uh, parts of Baltimore, and just say, yeah, yeah, hey, uh, any BIPOC people around here? These highly educated people. Or go down there where Myra Flores won uh, by a landslide in her special election and say, hey, hey, uh, are you guys all, can I get an interview with one of you Latin X people? Say, it's bizarre. Nobody talks that way at the barbershop, the nail salon, uh, the, 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 uh, the grocery store. Uh, the community center. They don't really give a damn about your pronouns either, and it's not because of a slight. It's just because uh, they don't want to play along with your mania that changes every few days. But that's how we talk now. So that's weird. And then the people who are very low down on the economic ladder need a bunch of stuff. You wind up over-promising, uh-huh. oh, we're going to give you reparations to, to people. At the- and then, the day after the election, leave the money on the dresser. The bottom of the economic ladder, talking weird to appeal to people at the top of the economic ladder, and the work class walks away from you. That is the danger we're facing. Uh-huh. Speaking of word salads, let's talk about word salad Cami, our vice president. <laughs> Jim Gossett. there in California. Come on. Where politicians are on the left. <laughs> Was a girl who helped Sleepy Joe with his 2020 theft. Liberal Cami. That, 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 that. Cackling Cami. Jim Gossett. Every fella in Frisco town says she got where she is cause of Willie Brown. 
you plan to visit the border? Uh, um, not today. <laughs> she won't go to the border. Yeah, even though that's her post. <laughs> Hanging out with the Hollywood left. That's what she loves most. Hey, Wall Candy. Her dereliction is uncanny. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Everybody says it is a shame that her excuses, they are so lame. Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. She's hoping that Joe Biden yep. won't make it through four years. If Joe and Hunter wind up in jail, a Cammy won't be shedding tears. Conniving Cammy, give her an Oscar or a Grammy. She said that it would be a shame if Hunter and Joe aren't on a jail game. <laughs> yeah, there's word salad Cammy. Word Salad Cammy. Uh, that is Jim Gossett, two S's and two T's. Uh, song originally made popular by Tony Joe White and then by Elvis, Elvis Presley, by the way, Elvis Presley. Oh, and I did finish the uh, documentary on HBO Max about Elvis Presley. Oh, my gosh. So good. So, so the best. I know almost everything there is to know about Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley, my all-time idol. When he died, I cried for a year. I was in fifth grade. I cried for a year. The best, the best documentary I've ever been done on Elvis Aaron Presley in his life. Fantastic, fantastic. Here's uh, Joy Reid on MSNBC. Uh, she's a racist. And uh, talking to uh, Kamala Harris the other day about Kachanji Brown-Jackson. She's the new uh, uh, Supreme Court justice who doesn't know what a woman is. We all sat and watched the Katanji Brown-Jackson uh, hearings. And we all rolled our eyes and went, dear God. Uh, in which she very calmly um, sat through what I think a lot of, particularly black women, let's just be honest. Of course, it was racist and the race and the race thing. It was brazen disrespect from senators like... No, nah, because she doesn't know her stuff and she doesn't know what a woman is. Lindsey Graham, senators like... And she's radical and you know, likes to see child molesters get off with lenient sentences. Tom Cotton, senators like Josh Hawley. Other than that. What did you think when you watched that hearing? Here comes word salad, Cammy. I will tell you joy. I experienced great joy when I watched... She just worked her name in there. See what she did there? She did a little delay, then she said, I experienced great joy. This brilliant, phenomenal yeah. black woman, yes. jurist, yes. be so smart, yeah, smart and just cut through yeah. The political gamesmanship. Well, she just said so much here. She, no, not really. That they were attempting to incite. Yeah, that's what that. And is. she just was composed. Yeah, go. And as far as I'm concerned, yeah, was yeah. taking a whole lot of people to school. Yeah, a elementary school, maybe preschool, but certainly not to uh, law school. Yeah, let's take a break. Come back and wrap things up. This is the Rob Carson Show. going to do it for the show today. I made it through at least half of the stuff that I was going to get to. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you uh, get the chance, to check out the podcast today. It's called the Rob Carson Show Podcast on Spotify and 
iHeartMedia and Apple uh, Podcasts. And it will feature, of course, uh, Jenna Ellis, as well as my commentary and comedy, the Rob Carson Show podcast. Have a glorious day. God bless you guys. And I will see you tomorrow. And until then, whatever you do, do not catch the stupid. See you then. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.